We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Well, we're continuing our series now, now that Easter is over, about culture. And it's a great opportunity for us as a church to really understand who we are, who God has called us to be. And it was amazing at the beginning of the year as the staff got together, as we prayed, as we asked God, who are we, that God helped us put into points who we are as a church. And this is so important because we need to know what we belong to. We need to know where we fit into what we belong to. And we want to know what we are calling home. And this series is making it really clear to you who we are and what you can expect as you're part of Live Point. So we started our series a number of weeks ago. And the first um, culture point we looked at was we honour God, His church and one another. To honour one another, that everyone is important, important and everyone is worthy of honour. The next one was we pray bold, faith-filled, expectant prayers. We don't just pray little things and ask God for a, a car park, but we pray believing that God can answer any prayer. So we pray big, bold, expectant prayers. The next culture point was we dream big, we aim high, and we're not afraid to fail. Too many people don't try anything because they're too scared of failing. But I'd rather try something and fail than not try something at all. So to step up to try something, and if we fail, God is going to help us learn. We learn more from our failures than our victories. Do you realize that? I have as I look over my life. The next point is we are committed to extending grace. We extend grace. When people make a mistake, when people don't make the mark, when something happens, we extend grace. We want to be a church family where people feel at home that I'm going to be loved no matter what and people extend grace to me. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to always get it right, but people will extend grace to me. And today I had the absolute privilege to do our next point. And our next point in our culture is simply, we love to give generously and radically. We love to give generously and radically. And there's a thing I trust that the Spirit of God will teach you something today because there's a principle we need to learn in this if we want to really embrace all of who God is. Let me pray. Lord, this morning... I invite your Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts that we'd have a bit more of a glimpse into who God is, that you'd break the lies that the enemy has put into our hearts. That's all about us. It's all about me. And Lord, we would understand the incredible generosity of our loving God in Jesus' name. Amen. So our culture point is we love to give generously and radically. We serve a God of more than enough. It is only appropriate that we, his people, reflect a similar heart of generosity of spirit. Wherever there is lack, brokenness, need or poverty, we, God's people, led by his spirit, will be the ones to meet that need and lay the foundations for God to multiply blessings both in and through our lives And that's the kind of people we want to be. Have you ever been blessed by a generous person? Have you? 
There's something about generosity when someone blesses us. We don't forget about it. I still have in my mind when I was 20. Back when I was 20, I went down to Sydney to a conference and I was um, one of the counsellors at the conference for people who wanted to come to know Jesus. But down in Sydney that day, I didn't know a lot about Sydney. I had the worst day ever. I still remember it. I got on the wrong train, went the wrong direction. I had to get off that train. I had to then catch a ferry across, um, across the water. And I'm um, standing there. I didn't understand how the ferries worked back then. I was actually standing in the, the um, gangplank that they pull over. And as I pulled the gangplank over, I fell over and toppled over. It then started raining. I grabbed my umbrella, put my umbrella up. And as I put my umbrella up, a gust of wind just blew it inside out and took it away. My day went from bad to worse. But I was still committed to get to the conference in time so that I could do the part that I promised God I would do um, to talk to people about Jesus. Because I was one of the um, counsellors in that, what happened, there was a special room where we could have tea and coffee and we could have just have some time to sit quietly to get ready before we had to do our, our part. I remember walking into that room. I'd bought some parcels. My hands were full of parcels. I walked into that room. It was full of people. The tea and coffee was over in the corner. There was nowhere to put anything down and the place was crowded and I was longing with all my harm to have a cup of coffee. I said, God, how do I get a cup of coffee? There's no way I can do it. And I just stood there. And this lady I've never met before and I've never met since come over to me. She grabbed all the parcels out of my hand. She didn't say a word. She grabbed all the parcels out of my hand and just stood beside me. And I was able to get my cup of coffee. I drank my cup of coffee and then she gave it back to me. And not a word was uttered. But I want to say that was an incredible, generous person who gave her time and her effort to bless me. And I have never forgotten that over these years. Have you got some stories of generosity? Someone who's been incredibly generous to you that you have never forgotten? Let's have a look at generosity and what it's really about. The moment we talk about generosity, people think it's all about money. Hey, you've missed the whole point about generosity. We talk about it from just that perspective, but there's so much more. So generosity is not about how much you have or how little you have. You may say, I don't have enough to be generous, or I've got too much and I give something away, people will want more. Generosity has got nothing to do with what you've got. It's the spirit from where it comes from. The desire to bless other people. Your heart, your heart is either a generous heart or it's not a generous heart. It's not about saying if I had all that, I'd bless others. It's about are you blessing people with what you have? And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about our section pastors this morning. They blessed us because they put up their hands. What a blessing. It's so lovely to be blessed by other people and it's so important my grandson, Kaiden, he's got a good way of blessing people. We've got um, um, an area where we have um, bags of chips. So whenever he wants a bag of, bag of chips, he gets two bags of chips. He comes over to either Meryl or myself and he said, would you like a bag of chips? And so as you say, yes, he gives us the bag of chips. And we say about you, oh, yes, I would like one too, thank you. And he just happens to have one in the other hand. 
but he doesn't have to do that. But for some reason, there's a kindness in his heart that he wants to bless. Let me tell you the biggest thing about this. God is generous. And if we want to be like God, we need to learn generosity. God is the most generous person that's ever existed. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of, and the fullness of God. It all belongs to him and he turned around and gave it to us to be in charge of. That's pretty generous. It's like I've built this house. It's my house. I've finished it. It's a dream home. It's my house. And then I invite someone else to come in to say, it's yours. Do what you want to do in it. Genesis 2, 19 to 24 says, Now the Lord God has formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever he, the man called every living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the animals. So God is generous. He could have named the animals, but he says he wants us to participate with him because we can enjoy the blessing of his generosity. So here's Adam, and he starts to bring all the animals to Adam. He starts with a big, big one. Adam looks at this horse-looking things, and he says, that's a hippopotamus. Have you ever thought, of, where did he get hippopotamus from? My goodness, he was pretty creative. And then he has an elephant. He says, that's an elephant. And then he has a giraffe. That's a giraffe. That's a tiger. That's, that's a leopard. That's a bear. Now that one, that's a grizzly bear. Maybe he had a bad morning. Then he named all the birds. He talked about the hawk and the eagle and the falcon and the crow. He must have got a little bit tired after that because then he started to name the birds blackbird, bluebird, redbird, hummingbird. But God in his generosity enjoyed Adam being involved with what he had. And he's never changed his heart since. He enjoys us being involved in what he's doing, his plans and his purposes. He is pretty generous. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's pretty generous. God who did not spare his own Son, but gave him as a ransom for many. That's pretty generous. His grace that's generous. His mercy, that's generous. His love, that's generous. He has a nature of generosity and he keeps giving and he keeps walking with us and he keeps blessing because that's his nature. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Just as well, God is generous. My question is, are we enough like God to be generous? The more we get like God, the more generous we become. God wants us to have a generous nature, to give, to share, to enjoy blessing others, to have a general, generous spirit is so important. It's about having a heart to share. It's not about how much I share. It's not about what I share or what I'm willing to surrender to bless God, but it's what comes from my heart. 
Now, there's an incredible principle that we need to learn in this, and it comes from Proverbs 11, 24 to 27. And it's God's principle. This is God's word, and this is God's principle, and this is how God looks on it. 11.24 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. The person who gives freely gains more. The person who hoards and holds onto it ends up in poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. If you want to prosper, be generous. That's all I'm going to say to you. Be generous. That's God's word. And God's in charge of the universe. Be generous and you will prosper. If you want to be refreshed, refresh someone. Refresh someone and you'll find out you're getting refreshed. This is the sowing and reaping principle that is in God. God sees us and as we honour him, we bless him, somehow it comes back. We don't go out there looking for it to come back, but man, it comes back. People curse the one who hoards gain, gain, verse 26, but they pray God's blessing on the one who's willing to sell it. Whoever seeks good finds favour, but evil comes to those who search for it. If you seek good and the goodness of God, there's a blessing. If you hold on to something like a white knuckle syndrome where I want to hold on to my time, God, I don't have time to serve you. God, I'm coming to worship, but because we've got masks on this morning, I'm not going to sing to you. Now, I think we all felt that. But my choice today was, God, I'm going to sing to you because I want to be generous in my worship. I want to be generous, God, in my praise to you. Generosity, it's about our heart and where we put it and what we want to do with our heart. It doesn't start with dollars. It does not start with wisdom. It does not start with preaching. It's an attitude of our heart. But what happens when we are generous? We get hurt. We get criticized. Someone uses us and abuses us. So we step back into a safe place and we become safe and say, I'm not going to do that again. People, when you're generous, you're not giving it to other people. You're giving it to him. And God sees everything you give and your reward doesn't come back from other people. Your reward comes back from God. It can be through other people, but your reward comes back from God because no one ever outgives God. There's a blessing when we are generous. Do you know this morning, our worship team, our camera team, our tech team, our, um, our greeters out the front, how generous of them They've been here since 7 o'clock, 7.30 to bless you. That's generous when people say, look, I'll go the extra mile to be generous so that we've got great worship because if they don't turn up, I'll be leading worship and I don't think there'll be anybody left. Thank God we've got a generous worship team. Thank God we've got generous greeters, generous people on our cameras, generous people on our tech team generosity there's something about generosity that is so powerful but watch it the enemy will tell you you're hard done by you've overdone yourself you're being more generous than other people you're working harder than other people so step back no one cares no one no one's really giving you reward no one's saying thank you that's what the enemy says but I want to say God in heaven is always saying to you, thanks, thanks for being like me. Thanks for, for being generous. As Jesus hung on the cross and he said the last things, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. There was no one standing there saying, thank you, Jesus, for your generosity. But he still gave because that's his heart. 
He is an amazing, generous God. And as we give, it comes back. It comes back. Meryl and I have got testimony upon testimony of the times that we, we've given in so many different ways and God has always given it back, shake down overabundantly more than ever before. The enemy tries to kill generous hearts. Don't let him. And if he's done it in the past, it's time that we reestablish ourselves and start to give to say, yes, I want to serve. Generosity in serving. Generosity in saying, yes, I can do that. Yes, I'm willing to be on the, um, the care team. Yes, I'm willing to be on the worship team. Yes, I'm willing to help out with that. We want to be a church that's got a generous spirit. So if we have a working bee, we have to turn people away because so many people are generous with their time. When we have a special event, that people say, yes, I'll be part of that, I'll help with that. That's the church that we want to be part of because that's a generous church by giving to God and saying, God, I'm willing to serve you. 2 Kings 4, 8 to 14, beautiful story about a generous person. It was a Shunanite woman. One day, Elisha went to Shunem. A well-to-do woman, now a well-to-do woman, she had enough money, she had enough finances, she was quite high in the community. This Shimonite woman was in the upper echelon of society, she belonged to a community, she was well-known, she was well-respected, she had everything that she needed, okay? So she had that. So this Shimonite woman was there and she urged Elijah to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. So she would, she would make meals for Elisha. She wanted to be generous. Her generosity was to show hospitality. Come and have a meal with us. Whenever you're here, you've got to eat, have a meal. So she's a generous woman blessing him. Have you ever been blessed by someone that just wants to bless you? It's just so important and so beautiful when that happens. Then she started to talk to her husband. She said to her husband, I know that this man often comes our way. He's a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put a bed in it and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay here whenever he comes. So she'd not just turned her, um, her place into a dining room, but a bed and breakfast for this guy. So she went over and above to bless someone because of a generous spirit. She didn't need anything back. She wasn't doing doing this because they're ulterior motives. She was doing this because she was generous and wanted to bless. Verse 11, one day when Elisha came, he went up to the room and lay down there. He said to his servant, call the Shumanite woman, and he called her, and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home amongst all my people. She's saying, I don't have any needs. There's nothing you can do for me. I just want to bless you. You don't see that a lot, do you? You don't see that heart where someone doesn't want anything back. They just want to bless someone else. That's the generosity of God, and that was the generosity of this woman. But the story continues. The prophet wanted to give back. The prophet didn't just want to take and take and take and be narcissistic, but the prophet wanted to give back. It's so easy when generosity is being extended to you that you keep 
receiving it, receiving it, receiving it. But there's a time when God is saying, return the generosity in some way. If you want to be friendly, show yourself a friend. If you want to bless someone, bless them and God will bless you in return. It's reciprocating what's happening. Verse 14. What can be done for her then, Elisha asked. His servant had done some work behind the scenes and this is what he found out. He said she has no son and her husband is old. Reciprocation. Reciprocation is when we want to bless others because we have been blessed. When we want to return the blessing, and that is so important. When we see other people who are getting up early to serve, how can we serve as well? And that's what was happening here. And Elisha just wanted to bless this woman. So do you know what he did? He prayed for her, prayed for her that she would um, have a child. And within the year, she had a child. Reciprocation. And she didn't ask for it. She didn't tell him, but the servant had found out there was a need and the blessing happened. How amazing. You know, people are happy to take, but sometimes they're not willing to give anything back. This woman modeled generosity to Elijah and Elijah reciprocated it. There is a spirit that is always taking and not giving. If kids are spoilt and they, they always get stuff and they're not showing how to give and bless others, they'll have a spirit that just wants, wants, wants. Don't hoard your blessing and expect to prosper. God wants us to bless others and in return we are blessed. So this woman was blessed, blessed in an incredible way. The bed and the room that she made on the top of her house to bless someone else. She had no idea that it would come back and be a blessing to her when her son was born and she laid her son on the very bed that she had created to bless somebody else. That's God. That's God and that's what God does as we trust him, as we follow him, as we serve him. God needs us to be a blessing to other people. God wants us to go the extra mile to bless other people. He needs us. He absolutely needs us to be a blessing, to, to, to display that generous heart. Now, throughout Scripture, we've got people who displayed absolutely um, generous hearts. We start off in the early part of the Old Testament. God provided a rod that was going to be the catalyst for miracles, but God had to find a man to pick up that rod. Moses, 40 years of thinking he was someone, 40 years of realizing he was nobody, 40 years of experiencing what God could do with a nobody, realized he needed to pick up that rod to generously bless God. There were trees that would form an ark to save mankind, but God had to find a builder. Noah generously gave 120 years, get this, 120 years of his life to build an ark to which God stepped in and finally closed the door. God does his part 
But God needs us with generous hearts to step up and do our part. There's a trumpet that was going to bring down the walls of, of Jericho, but God had to find a man of faith to lead an, lead an army. Joshua said, I'll do it. But he had to have faith because an army went round seven days. Nothing happened. They had to have faith. He had to speak faith into their lives to keep going. Otherwise, it wasn't going to happen. But he did. He had generosity. He had believed in God, and he did it. There was a boy with a tiny stone that was going to bring down a giant. But that boy had to generously step into the position where he could do it, take the ridicule of everybody else and generously push through for the sake of God. I wonder what God is calling you to push through in to be generous to him. As you look over your life, what areas is God saying you could be generous in? It's not what you've got. It's not how much you've got. It's just my heart to say, God, I want to be generous. Just as our worship team comes up, I want to say to you, God has never made a table. God's never made a chair. God's never even made a guitar. But God has grown the trees that we can take and we can generously use to make them into what God wants them to be. And there's something, there's something about the generous heart of God that along the line that he has put there that we can participate with him and just have that absolute honour of being part of God's journey. And that's what the church is about. When we're looking at the culture in our church here, it's about us all having the honour to use our little gift or our little ability or, or what God has given me or some time or some blessing or something to bless others so that people can see the heart of God. And this morning, just as you're sitting quietly, I want you just to think, how much has God blessed you? How much has God blessed you? You see, if it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for what he did, there'd absolutely be no blessing. There'd be no hope. There'd be no future. There'd be no eternity. God has given us absolutely everything we need because He's a generous God. And He wants us to ignite that part of our spirit to be generous to one another and His kingdom so that can, people can see His heart and His nature once again.